CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. Hey everybody, Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall here with another episode of Top 8 Magic. They said it couldn't be done, Mike. What? Like four episodes. We've done four episodes in like a week before. Remember when we were like doing those five-minute episodes? Yeah, when was the last time we did four episodes in a year? <laughs> not last year. Yeah, no, not, not last, last year. year. Anyway, so we're weather's finally turned nice enough that we can be back to our normal haunt uh, on the corner of Waverly and Gay. There's ghosts here. There are ghosts. Well, it's still daylight. Thank goodness. Yeah. I didn't know there was ghosts yeah. here. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Well, a motor- motorcycle guy died. So, I mean, I don't see his motorcycle anymore, so I can only assume he died. And now he haunts the place. Time comes for all of us. Yeah. Except uh, Dristo Erden. I'm, I'm reading Dristo Erden books again. I don't know who this is. The Dark Elf Ranger. R.A. Salvatore. Oh, okay. I've never, I've like, literally, I've literally never read a word by R.A. Salvatore. He's written 34 books I, I assume I've, Erden. I assume I've actually read him writing a blurb on some other fantasy novel. Yeah. But other than that, I've never read anything by him. All right. So Dristo Or Erden. her. I don't even know. Bob. Robert okay. is the R in R-A. So I, I was like 1987, somebody for my birthday gave me the book The Crystal Shard. So we were reading like Dragonlance oh, novels back Crystal then. Crystal Shard. Crystal Shard is the first Dristo Erden book. No, the card Crystal Shard. Oh. That card's good. Yeah, they bought that company, so they can probably <laughs> just plagiarize the ideas all they want. Apparently you could be the dungeon master of Ravnica City of Guilds now. Oh, could I now? So anyway, yeah. So he's like... He's just like a Venn diagram of whatever young gamers in 1987 wanted. So he's a ranger, but he's a dark elf. Got there's it. no dark elf rangers, but there's elven rangers, and not that many, right? And he's he's badass. He's been described as the most Mary Sue character in all of fiction. Okay. Hard to argue with. Like, uh, and he, he has, a, you know, cool items, very good swordsman. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, and you're and you're digging the books. You're I mean, he's it. written thirty-four of them, and I was like real into it. How many? How many are you through? Out um, of the thirty-four. Well, I read in like, your reread. Oh my! I'm just I just like jumped into not like three trilogies ago actually because I've been off since like <laughs> I think since Worth Wolpert was at Watsy was the last time I read one was like maybe. So six, that like ten years ago. Sixteen years ago, I think. I, I the last one I feel like I read it was like when I was just moving in with Catherine, so I think around sixteen years okay. ago. Uh, and then I just I, I just skipped one of the trilogies. I figured they're mostly the same anyway. Sure. There's like some sword fighting, fighting some orcs, fighting some giants, some dwarves, you know. Anyway, we're we talking about magic. You yet? were well, yeah, you were you were ghosts. You were building to some point about your dark elf oh. ranger. Time does not come for Drist over and he's just outliving everybody. Oh, okay. Like all of his oh. friends died of old age, but I think they're goddesses. So this perfect. wasn't this wasn't even something you were planning on talking about as we came into this. I said the word haunt, and then you just went down Tristo Erden Boulevard. Yeah, I mean we're just simpatico that way. That's just how it is. <laughs> That's just how our brains work. Totally mixing undead there. It's zombies who like brains. Oh, very good. Just mixing that up. Okay, usual haunt. Waverly, gay, top eight magic. You had the Asheville burger today. I did. It was only okay. It was fine. Like I would. It is. Every, I mean, people have been claiming this is the best burger they've ever had. Uh, Osip Lebedovich, uh, occasional Topic Magic podcast contributor, yeah. 
uh, said it's you know this fantastic. He was like a fetchnik columnist for a while. Yeah, it was. It was merely okay. It is not even remotely close to the Brindle Room Burger, and that's not even considered, you know, in the top. It is. It's great. It's my favorite burger in the city for value. For value? For value, Shake Shack is the best burger for value. I like Brindle Room Burger better, though. So I was in Vegas. That much better. I was in Vegas last week. One of my meals that I had, I mean, I had like a lot of expensive meals. One of the meals that I had in Vegas, just went to In-N-Out. Just wanted to resolve this for myself. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I don't even know how people have this conversation. <laughs> you know, like, I came in with like really with an I open actually, mind. Actually, and I, I, I've, I've come to figure out how they have this conversation. They grow up near an In-N-Out, and they never go to a Shake Shack. <laughs> That's how it happens. I was just like... This is, or they or they cling desperately to a French fry. They cling just, desperately to a French fry. It's just a fast food burger. I mean, what do you? I was saying if that the other the bigger bench was open. That's no, it's not. It's just a fast. It's just it's it, it like it's not like the patties aren't made of meat. They're like fast food meat. Yeah. I mean, like there's just absolutely nothing remarkable about that burger. I think they make their patties fresh there. Like they're never frozen is the claim. I feel like the consistency of the patties that I had, that could not have been possible. That was not a hand mashed patty. The machine made that patty. So look, I'm not arguing I wouldn't eat it. It was fine. It tastes tastes fine. I'm just saying the idea that there's much fight between Shake Shack and In-N-Out is it's ludicrous. I, I, I don't. I, I, I have a hard time. I don't have words for this. It's, yeah, it, it's I, like, I agree. It's not on the same planet as each other. I, I don't get, have any more words for this. I've said quite a few words on this over the years. I'm out of words. On I mean, Marshall Sutcliffe came and he's just like, "Oh, y'all crazy." He came and ate a Shake Shack. He's like, "When's the next time I could have Shake Shack, guys?" Right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, my opinion, Shake Shack is the best burger for its value, and I define that as. Uh, the Minetta Tavern burger isn't worth eight Shake Shack burgers. Sure. That, that's how I define sure. it. Sure, but I think I think the Brindle Room burger is like one and a half Shake Shack burgers. Well, what's the price on Brindle Room? Sixteen fifty? No, no, no. They so they've decoupled it from their French fries. Okay. So you can just get the burger now. I think it's like eleven or twelve bucks. So it's two. It's two. It's two Shack burgers in the city. It's. I mean, it's good bun. It's good bun. It's so good. I mean. I don't know if you, you're, you're very close to me physically right now. I feel like you might punch me. I think the Ace Hotel burger is better than the Brindle Room burger. I haven't had the Ace Hotel burger. It's good. I went to Ace Hotel because they actually, they won all these polls for best fries. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. Brindle Room, though, when you go fries, yeah. they close the deal. because they. I mean, I guess or any place with duck fat fries is yeah. going to do it. But Brindle Room's duck fat fries are so, just spectacular. If you come to New York, you should just go to the Brindle Room one, and get a burger. One of the Filipino places. Don't try on. ordering it in any special way. Just get the burger and they will bring it to you as they want you, you to have it. One of the Filipino places on First Avenue, they're actually, Jeepney and Maharlika are owned by the same chef. Yeah. And the first time I went to Maharlika, I, which is the upscale one, Jeepney's kind of like the more downscale one, Maharlika's the more upscale one. First time I went to Maharlika, I was just like, how is this person not on Top Chef? She would destroy everyone who's on Top Chef. Because, right. you know, they love like the vaguely ethnic, you know, sort of these are Asian flavors sort of thing, but we made a burger, you know? And keep me one best burger in New York a couple of times. You probably have never had it, but I, I, I guess I destroyed it because, like, you're supposed to get it with some kind of fruit on it, and I'm okay. like, I'm not eating fruit on my burger. What kind of communism is this? Like, banana ketchup and pineapples? Oh, That's I, do love, a- I do love bananas on my burger, and I've heard banana ketchup is really good. I've There's never had it. no way I'm eating a burger like a 
like a like an orangutan. So my first There's my no first way. favorite my first favorite burger in New York was the corner piece. Right? I've never had it. And it's 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 gone down over the thirty odd years I've yeah. been eating it. Um, my second favorite burger was a place that's no longer there called David's Pot Belly. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone for a long time. But they used to do a burger with peanut butter, banana, and bacon, like an Elvis burger. Yeah. That was really spectacular. So Catherine said her her last meal. She was. Gonna... Wait, weren't you chiding me for not talking about magic? Before? You, I don't know what you're talking about. I, this is a topic I'm passionate about. Me okay. too. Me too. I guess we can get do, to magic I did, eventually. I do get asked pretty frequently. Like people are like, "Hey, I'm going to be in New York next week. Yeah. What should I eat?" Did you just punch them through the internet. <laughs> it's like straight through the internet. No, I usually I usually give them like my. I'm like, look, I'm not going to give you like. I'm going to tell you here are my six places that I go for these six foods. Yeah. You know, I'm not going off. I don't. You know, this is what I just would do on a normal. Like, I want ramen. I'm going to go to Ivan Ramen. I want. Oh, deli. Like I'm Ivan Ramen. Go, I do. I love Ivan. Ivan, Ivan ramen. ramen, I find, is okay. Yeah. Wait, you, we've been to. To Bossa Nova together. You like oh, Ivan Ramen better than Ivan? I, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to have Bossa Nova again now. And Bossa I've Nova, switched over to Ivan Ramen. I, look, I'm not. I'm not decrying Ivan Ramen. I'm not saying Ivan Ramen is terrible. Dear I'm person saying on the, Bas, dear person on the internet, please try Bossa Nova Ramen instead of very Ivan good Ramen. I recommend Just eat them both. Just eat them both. Instead of the guy who went to Japan and became a ramen master in Japan, <laughs> despite growing up in Long Island, so, you know, despite you know extreme resistance to him becoming a master of the craft culturally you know you should definitely just go to bossa nova instead of <laughs> ivan ramen but god i mean ivan ramen is just like bossa nova where they just like have ramen traditions where they do weird shit with yeah, it yeah yeah like I, that's what they both I of them really do like, that I right like so um ivan ramen has paul pope artwork on the wall so cool. all right i mean i hate to put it this way like there's this pretty bad uh, dumplings slash like microwave dumplings slash like poke place of 59th Street that my kids like to eat at. Yeah. They got all kinds of like like vintage 70s Catwoman, Batman, and Iron Fist stuff on the walls. It's pretty cool. In. Yeah, I I'm don't in. eat any of the food there. Right? <laughs> I mean, I will let the micro. I will let the microwave some We're some so, shrimp dumplings for my son. We are so far from Yoshinoya, Mike. Okay. <laughs> we are so far from Yoshinoya. All right, so. Oh, no, we're not. <laughs> so, uh, Catherine said on, on uh, she and I did a podcast on, on our last meal, and she said her, her last meal would be, she'd get, like, the Shake Shack burger with, you know, the peanut butter Shake Shack yeah, burger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'd get a peanut butter Shake Shack burger and a, and a strawberry shake because she developed adult-onset nut and strawberry allergies. Oh, interesting. And she's just like, yeah, I would just eat it and die anyway. Right. It's no big deal. I'm going to okay. die. Sure. So... I have no idea what my last meal would be, but it'd probably be like a hundred gram meal. Hundred? Yeah. When I was a kid, you know, my parents would make like, you know, frozen ravioli, you know. Like, you ever have like the square ones that would come in sheets? Yeah, yeah. And you'd break them up, and my mother would always be like, how many should I make? And I'd be like, make a hundred. Did you eat a hundred? No, but I always wanted, she never made a hundred. I just always wanted to make a hundred. Make like five? or Make a hundred. Yeah. That now, was me as a kid. I never had them that you broke them in sheets. I mean, you just get them in, they were in the freezer, so you just boil it, maybe. Yeah, well, you would boil it. But yeah, I'm saying they were Mine weren't they in were sheets. Like, mine were, like, were like in a plastic yeah, bag. Yeah, this was like, these were not good raviolis. These were like the Santano, you know, frozen does raviolis. My, does my plastic bag frozen raviolis sound like it's a good ravioli? No, no. I had very good frozen ravioli from like, or I guess they weren't frozen, they were refrigerated recently from. Italy? Yeah, or somewhere similar. <laughs> in one. In one, yeah. All right. What were we supposed to talk about? Magic. 
ghosts. Oh, ghosts. Like, like St. Traft himself. Um, talk about ghosts and magic. So, I'm talking about St. Traft. All right. No, I don't want to. Here's how I feel about St. Traft. Once I was playing in a in a 1v1 queue and Todd Anderson played a Geist of St. Traft against me and I was playing Black Red Burn. Yeah. And I had main deck Geth's Verdict. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, Take one. <laughs> Take one, my friend. He's like, I can't believe you did that. And I'm like, yeah, I got you, Tyler. He still won the game. Yeah, he yeah. still got me. He's like, his deck sounds better than your deck, I'll be honest. But I moraled him yeah. to the face. It was before he discovered Goblin Guide. I was just yeah. like, I was just playing burnish cards. I didn't want people to get the card so, advantage. So I know, I know I've, I've asked you about Modern now the last couple of... I might uh, be playing Modern this weekend. Are you going to Philly? I think so. Ooh. I think so. You're going to bring some Phoenixes for Chris Bacula? He was asking for them online today. No. I don't own any phoenixes. Oh, okay. um, I was asking Roman. Roman's flying in. Oh he, yeah. He's, he's hanging out, and we're, gonna, we're. I think we're gonna go do the modern open. And I asked him if he could make me the mono red phoenix deck. He said I don't own any of these cards. And I'm like, yeah. I, I guess that would require me not playing. It's kind of like a burn deck, though. It is kind of like a burn deck. But... Yeah. Well, anyway, phoenix, are, are phoenix is hard to get, aren't they? Like a five dollar no, card. I, I, I have no idea. I mean. Chris Bacola just wanted Phoenixes. I don't know how much they cost. Well, no, I'm probably going like, to be Like, if playing. price was a barrier, the implication would be that they were, like, $25,000 a piece. Because otherwise, Chris could just buy them. You mean, like, a Manamorphose? <laughs> do you know that... Do you know... Do you have any idea what, uh... What's the Phyrexian one that removes a card from Graveyard? What the hell is that called? Oh, uh, Spinal Extraction? Or cranial Extraction? No. Spinal... I can't believe we can't say this. Surgical extraction. Surgical extraction. I know it's like it's seventy-five extraction. bucks now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I hope Matt Ferrando hasn't borrowed all of mine. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and a Manamorphos is like forty-five. That's like yeah. a common though, yeah, right? Yeah. So. I had a play set of foils of that for a while. Nice, probably, nice, nice job loaning those cards out. I probably sold them at some point. You probably loaned them to Steve Saden. Well, I, I mean, I, I haven't made that mistake in years. Okay. Anyway, Geists. My favorite Geist is St. Traft. I have a playset of him. I've never played it. Yeah. Since I've owned it, I haven't played any in a tournament. Uh, Josh Ravitz traded me a playset of Geist of St. Traft's and, uh, and uh, Noble Hierarch for my for my fifth Tundra. I had five Tundras. He's like, you don't need the fifth Tundra. I'm like, this seems like a, you're fleecing me. Like, this Tundra is like... He fleeced you. I'll go on cash. He's like, it's the same. And I'm like, yeah, but you're basically trading me a standard card yeah. for, for a Tundra. So it's the same price. <laughs> Again, throw it in a noble hierarchy here. I, I drafted with Ravage recently. I saw him recently. Came I, uh, I cubed at John's with him. Well, did anybody draft mono red? No, nobody drafted You're mono all red. All idiots. Uh, Everyone. Uh, John went 03. I went 2 1. My other two teammates went 2 1, which means we all went 2 1 to force the draw with John going 03, which seems impossible. But John's deck. <laughs> It was, was particularly bad. It was really bad. He he was a tad ambitious. Yeah. It involved some combination of cadaverous bloom. Well, he's just playing for fun. Russell Brand. He's playing for fun. And then some sort of like brain geyser. Well, I don't effect. know how you could lose if you got those cards <laughs> in play at the same time. <laughs> I, think, I, think I will I be. Was, I, I I believe the way you would lose is not getting those cards at the I play. I will be at the remarkably same time. transparent about this. I don't know how this is possible. I guess you could run out of cards, right? Like, your expectation is to get that around turn nine, right? <laughs> we got, like, 20 cards in your deck. How many times can you actually activate the Grishol brand? So... Modern. But anyway, so I want to... But modern. So, no bannings today. 
no bannings. They Zero announced bans. no bannings in Modern. That's... How do you, as someone who been playing Modern this weekend, plays Modern quite a bit, probably your prefer preferred mode of Magic, how, how does that feel for you? Do you feel like something needs to something needed to budge a little bit here in terms of the the modern scene? So I'm gonna play the same and strategy why is the I always play. Uh, I'm gonna play the same strategy I always play. Uh, I think I'm gonna play red white this weekend. I played red black last time. Reason I'm gonna play red white. So no bump in the nights. No, I'll switch back to red white and play with um, chain to the rocks. We'll have to play twenty lands, which stinks. Yeah. Um, but just because I want to play Core Firewalker. I really just care about Core Firewalker and nothing else. Uh, I think, like, uh, Roman was texting me. He's playing in a modern tournament, and he's just, he beat some Phoenix player who had, like, four uh, Dragon Claws in play. Yeah. I mean, their strategy is so bad. They're like, oh, we'll beat with Dragon Claws. No, you won't. <laughs> like, Core Firewalker is the same as Dragon Claws, but it attacks for two. Right? Like, yeah. and we both benefit on it. It's, it's actually like a really stupid, terrible strategy. Like, I can actually remove your thing if I want to, but I actually don't care enough to remove it because it's not actually going to beat me. Right? Like, we, our strategy is to remove all their threats. They can't actually beat you except with, like, hitting you with these stupid phoenixes. Or, like, the or like the horror guy. Like, the I mean, you just kill all their guys. It's, like, not that hard. Um they literally cannot remove a core firewalker permanently from play. Okay. I, I understand. So yeah. we've established that you love the red deck and you like the matchups. Yeah. I want to know how you feel about horrible about dredge. Can't be it's like so the thing is But I wanna know how you feel about the fact that nothing's changed. So like well that and that, that goes to the bandings, right? Like there's a, a huge swath of decks that are either ancient stirring decks or faithful fluting decks. Do you feel like something was supposed to have changed there? Like I feel like if people got Faithless Looting banned does that like make Dredge Infinity worse? Like, probably. I mean, it was making it. Certainly an... makes Infinity worse. Like, I, I don't know. I'm at this zone in my life in modern where I'm just gonna play the same strategy all the time. <laughs> and if I get good matchups, I'm gonna crush the tournament. And if I don't get good matchups, I'm gonna lose to people so you're just, you're who just, are just way worse. You're than just me. a fish player, but instead of Merfolk of the Pearl Trident, you have Lightning Bolt. I mean, perhaps I'm oversimplifying. You might be like, <laughs> oversimplifying it so far that like. The deck that I like is very good against very popular decks. It's just not good against Dredge and Boggles. Like, if your opponents are, like, that's the humiliating thing. There's, like, almost no way you could even play to be competitive with Boggles. Like, in that in that Grand Prix finals that um, Dan Ward won, his opponent won the middle game. You know, like, just like, oh, wow, so your strategy is to hide behind an ensnaring bridge? What if they just draw their Seal of Primordium? <laughs> Right. I guess you lose. Like, like no, none of these strategies are predicated on the opponent not drawing like any of their cards when they have an infinite amount of time to do so because you can't kill them quickly. Right, right. It doesn't make any sense. You know, like I was just like spitballing. Like, how many sideboard cards would I have to devote to my sideboard to fight Dredge? Like, if I played like legit eight anti graveyard cards in my sideboard, is that good? It's probably not even good enough to win. Right. So. All I'm doing it is making so that I don't have these beautiful searing cards and chain to the rocks or whatever that I use to kill merfolk and humans in affinity. So I have the right to uh, have a slightly more uh, competitive loss to dredge. <laughs> like, I'm not worried about most of the other decks. Right. So um, I don't know. I think modern's weird that way. It's so matchup dependent, like in a way that other formats aren't. So, so you think this is no news? It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't change any of my decisions. Okay. Like, 
I don't know. If I were a Car Clan Ironworks player, you know, like, and it was this was a month and a half ago, it's going to change my decisions a lot, you know? But, I mean, if Ironworks were still in play, I'd still just play Burn. Right. I, never, I don't got no beef with any Ironworks players. I just cast my Kataki and see if they can still win. I mean, like, eh, maybe they can, you know? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes they, they can. can. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. You know, I just, I just got to put my stuff out there, play a fast game, see if I can put them away in five turns, see if they, you know, slow them down so they can't put me away in four. Hope they didn't draw too many Spine of Ishas and the ability to cast them. <laughs> One or the other. I'm okay. But, yeah, I'm talking to, I mean... Like, that's the thing. Like, if my if I don't play a lot of dredge, I'll go 9-0 on day one, right? Like, if I do, I will go home early and spend some time with my children the next day. Sure. Maybe, or I'll play the classic. I was just going to say, two. or, like, could a subject of the What A Croc podcast could be whether or not Catherine checks the standings to see if you're actually still in the I don't know. She's, she's all right. I don't care. So. She's like, I was just like, hey, what am I going to do on Sunday? Clark said he's going to be difficult no matter what. Maybe I have to come home. She's like, don't worry about it. Okay. That's how it was the. So what a crock. Such a crock. Such a crock. What a crock. Such a crock. I don't want to infringe on your trademark. Yeah, how I'm going to say what a crock. How about if you're referring <laughs> to my trademark? Just use the right name. <laughs> I've listened to your podcast infinitely more than I've listened to other podcasts. Thank you. I've listened to it once. <laughs> It's infinity times more. Yes. I think you have to get up to eight to, for the, I have no, to listen. I, for the I, I, knockdown infinity. I now have to, my, my friend uh, Evan and Paul, who you've yeah. met and argued with comics about, uh, they have a horror movie podcast they just started oh, okay. called Tear Em All Apart, which both refers to monsters and their reviews of horror movies, I assume. But you know, I, the first episode just went up. One of the things I don't get is when, why don't people just podcasts or talk or write papers or articles or about things that they love like I, I, I you know I, I I did like a takedown final paper once oh no they love horror movies yeah, they but, are doing one but they're just doing about something they want to make fun of no 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 they're not they, they love they love movies they, they, they also love bad movies oh really and good movies I don't and they you know I mean I don't know you talk about stuff sometimes you sometimes we talk about one with nothing and sometimes we talk about guys to say draft you know, they're both magic cards. I mean, probably lost to both of them at some point. Right? I, don't think you, I don't think you lost the one with nothing. <laughs> one with nothing was in the sideboard. Remember, was not like, uh, what is that card? Discard your hand? Yeah, I think so. I don't even remember. It was actually played in the sideboard. There was like some sort of deck that like damaged you by like you drew a bunch of cards, right? And you won with nothing. Right, so other other sort of news or no news to, to, to create a... a segment that we'll never go back to uh, 36 planeswalkers in War of the Spark news or no news it's not news to me I got a I got an email from them like a month ago saying like here are your talking points for your preview card okay <laughs> not news to me okay the preview cards are real good oh yeah when does that go up 4-3 uh, okay. about almost a month from now okay so so we'll change the subject now and not get you in any trouble. No, I mean, okay, I have a preview card. What a, what a surprise. I just, me I just meant I, I will not continue to ask questions okay. about the subject. Yes, it's not news to me. Uh, I think, like, the interesting thing about this is it's clearly the most Planeswalkers that have ever been in a set. Right. If I cared about Limited, but <laughs> I might be concerned. I'm not I, sure, though. I mean, so, so, so legitimate question, does anybody like Planeswalkers? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. You like playing Magic with Planeswalkers. I like it. I think it's the least... I, I do think, like, overall, it's just the least interesting thing that's ever been introduced to Magic. Really? Yes. So, I've been thinking... I mean, about- I like some Planeswalkers, right? And I enjoy, like, starting a new game with Karn. And I like... <laughs> okay. You know... Do, but, like, I don't think that they are... I think that they just have, like, this very narrow range of play... Uh, in Magic, and then they just warp everything around them, right? In a way that's just not super interesting to me, and if you can't deal with them in, like, two turns somehow, or if you just are... It depends on which Planeswalkers. How about the Planeswalkers that people tend to play? Like, this is what I think. Like, even Dovin Bond, you're like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm I'm dead. I didn't deal with this for two turns. Um... I think, like, I've been trying to articulate some of the ideas that I had back when I wrote a lot of theory articles. People keep asking me these questions. And I was just like, oh, I actually reread some of the stuff that I wrote, like, eight years ago. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this was a good idea. I should I should steal from myself and get paid for it. Yeah. And uh, nobody's read this in eight years. Nobody's going to remember this. All right, so one of the things that I was kind of thinking about is how, how I play Burn, right? And sometimes, like... Like, I've been in situations, like, late in a tournament where people are like, wow, I don't really understand how you did that, right? Like, I understand what cards you played, but how you played it was weird, right? I think whenever you're playing well, that's true. Yeah, so, I, I don't me personally, right? You personally, yeah. yes. So, that was weird. And I was just like, well, but my paradigm is different than, I think, the paradigm that you approach this with, right? Like, my paradigm is, in this matchup I was playing... If they don't, if he doesn't kill my Grim Lava Mancer, I'm gonna win, right? Right. And all I have to do is anything to make it so I could get another untapped step with my Grim Lava Mancer in play, because he's just playing dudes, right? As long as I have a a, a persistent way of killing dudes, which is my Grim Lava Mancer, I'm eventually gonna win. It doesn't matter how many points I miss, like none of that stuff. I mean, not that I want to miss a point, right? And I think that Planeswalkers, or at least my experience of playing Planeswalkers successfully is somewhat related to that, which is like, what is the way that I want the board to look like X turns into the game? What's my imagination, my deployment of this, and how do I get there? And that's really interesting to me. Okay, I, like, I, I agree there's some interesting decisions about what turn you play them on, but just, I don't know, like, like they're, they're the least, they're absolutely the least interesting cards in Cube. Like, you're like, oh, great, you got a Planeswalker, you bounced my creature and have set me back, and now you're going to plus it. Okay, congrats. Or, you know, like, I just I just find them to be, like, as swingy as any kind of, like, you know, obviously rare or mythic rare, but then the card just sticks around and continues to get, like, this incremental advantage from that point, right? You're like, aha, I played Chandra 6, and I've wrathed the board. Oh, by the way, now I'm going to start getting this little tiny bit of, you know, swing in on you and increase and, and tick my Planeswalker up. Do, do you remember the old Planeswalker rule before, like, we were fighting over, like, each person could have however many Jaces or whatever, and yeah. they were contending with each other's Jaces or whatever? Yeah. And you used, used to be like, can we have one Jace on the yeah. battlefield? yeah. To me, it was like an accomplishment when I figured out to play Jace Bellerin because people were playing Jace the Mind Sculptor. Yeah. And like, even if I was on the draw, I could just slam a Jace Bellerin and then, and then like, then they couldn't play their Jace the Mind Sculptor. That was interesting to me. I mean, sure. obviously, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. But like, that was like, I, I now think. Now you can just slam your Jace Bellerin, sl- sl- slam your Jace the Mind Sculptor, 
you know, Slasher, Jace Cunning, Castaway. I mean, all right, Slam is probably strong there, but... Um, I don't know. Didn't didn't Autumn have a Jace Cunning Castaway yeah, in their deck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what that card does. Yeah, no, I... I Runs around with no shirt, apparently. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm yeah. sorry. It's, Excuse me. Sails around with no yes, shirt. Yes, yes. Because Jace is now a pirate instead of a Vizard. I don't think it's sailing when it's a Cunning Castaway. I think it is still on the island. So it actually probably does run. Maybe crawl... But I doubt, I doubt. But shirtless I doubt so. regardless. But uh, also, always shirtless. Always I, shirtless. I know a bunch of people who can read, you know, who spend a bunch of time in, you know, in libraries or whatever you'd have to be to become like a master wizard or whatever, or yeah. mind sculptor, yeah. as the case may be. They don't have pecs like that. <laughs> this what if the books are very heavy? What if it's heavy reading? Truly, truly this heavy is a fantasy reading? novel. Heavy reading? I'm going to keep saying it until it's funny. You know, there's an ad around the, the corner from here. It's a weird sex toys ad. Oh, there's a lot of them all around the city. It right looks now. just like a purple, uh, what do you call it, like an eggplant to me. Did it have googly eyes? Or is no. that Oh, see, so someone yeah. is going around putting googly eyes on those ads. Yeah, but, like, the thing is, like, it looks just like an eggplant. It's just not, and it's not even shaped like anything that I associate with. And I've seen enough videos that I can imagine some things here. It's not even shaped like anything I've ever seen. I think it deserves the googly eyes. Yeah. Wow. All right. Modern. This is what I think. Yeah. Sometimes they got you. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. I like I like that you're just basically playing 21. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You're playing roulette. You're just like, you go and you just shove on a color. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you literally do. You're like, this week, I'm betting it all on black. <laughs> This week, I'm betting it all on white. Yeah, so here's how it goes. Black is less dominating, but you can win some matchups that you would have otherwise lost, okay? White, if you get the right matchups, unbeatable, right? No flexibility whatsoever. <laughs> like, if somebody has a boggle, they feel like a first-turn slippery boggle, you're dead. <laughs> There's just no getting around it with white. Like, but like with black, you're the play. You could just thought seize their dude, and they don't have a guy. They have like 14 kinds of pants and no guy. You might have a shot. Like you can get like eight in, and then they need like two setup turns yeah. to get their unbeatable guy. You might just you know roast and toast them. Right. Like that's available line of play with black. Right. Not available line of play with white. White, they just my, so fight my, their guy. My, my dream, Mike, is that yeah. somehow you take the burn deck. Yeah. And it somehow becomes. Death Shadow Burn. This I already like, made that last did you year. Really? Did you? Yeah, I told Adrian, I was just like, what do you think about this sideboard strategy in the mirror match? You decide in Death Shadows? And he's just like, how could they ever win? I'm like, yeah, I already thought about this one. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, I don't think they can, right? Like, uh, because like, they're, they're... So why are you doing that? Huh? Why don't you do that? I was going to do it. Oh, okay. I have another sideboard card that's even better. Oh. I, 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 I will tell you, I think a lot about Burn decks. <laughs> like... Like, I, I, like, apply a lot of mental energy to, like, I think an elegant game plan with burn decks that other people, not that not that I'm so much smarter at this, but they just never put any effort in this. They're like, oh, well, if a deck has brainstorm-type cards. So we're going to make a timeline of your magic cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to start with, like, Alio Pile. Okay, no, no, no. First of all, we have to start with Acacia Money Changer. Okay, that's right. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll start with Acacia Money Changer. There's a COP we'll, white. And then we'll work our way <laughs> all right. up to... All right, so 90, 94, 95, that's the Acacia Money Changer era, right? 95, 96, 
I'm all in on sliding circles of protection and millstones. Okay. Around my first Pro Tour, I was still into that, but I played Necropotence. I won my first PCG with Necropotence. Okay. okay. So we'll go then, Necropotence. Then. All right. So 96, 97 era, I was like mono white beatdown for a long time. That's when we met, really. I was like, I was all, yeah. I was Alio Piles and Pump Knights and no Savannah Lions ever. And right. I would tell you for an hour why I wouldn't play a Savannah Lion. Just make their cards good. Right. Yeah. I was all about I was all about casting Armageddon before Wrath of God. Like I did, I did all kinds of stuff. Like people, this doesn't make any sense. And then I would beat them. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of variance back then. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of variance. Like you would be in a situation where you're in a lot of trouble. You just drop balance. You just zero an orb in your hand. Like, oh, guess I got you, <laughs> Matthew. Um, let's see. So '97. I played. Uh, what did I play at regionals that year? '97. I can't believe I don't remember. Uh, was it a white beatdown deck? Probably. You did that for a while. Then you then you had a you had a hatred phase. Okay, that's like ninety nine. So like ninety eight, I was like, I never really played mono. I played some. I played like some water spout gin decks, some like winter orb decks for a while. Yeah. Then like ninety eight, I played like red green beatdown. Summer ninety. Oh, I played combo. I, I I first forayed into combo summer ninety eight. Then ninety nine. All of ninety nine. Two thousand. I never played any other color but black, right? It was like Suicide. Oh, I played Drago first. I top eight in my first states in 98, yeah. 99. Then I played Hatred, other Suicide Black decks, other Hatred, other Suicide Black decks. That's all I played. And then I played Napster in 2000. Yeah. And then 2001, I won the first ever PTU with The Rock, right? I was oh. a, No one had ever actually won a PTU with The Rock sure. before me. Little known fact, in extended. It, it, um, people had won with black green decks and block on them, right? right? So that was the very first win. Uh, I mean, it was Salamalka's deck. I'm not taking yeah, yeah, credit yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, I'm just course. saying, like, he would always talk about it, but yeah. no one had ever won anything, right? right? So I did that, I played that, and I played Miracle Grow. So I played good decks for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then 2002, 2003 era, we were all like blue green thresholding. Yes. For whatever reason, we did that. Then I was like, Back to mono black in 2003. Then 2004, I made the green white deck for regionals. That deck was very good. Yep. Brian Kibler that's top the, eight that's nationals. That's the deck Kibler yeah. top eight yep. nationals. Uh, top eight nationals. Then 90, uh, 2005, Rabbits top eight with uh, the mono red deck with uh, the Bosiju Bo and the right. uh, whatever Sensei's the mining top deck. Then critical mass mono blue. And then I played all those. Then you had like all the battle cruiser blue decks. Yeah, right? I played. Like, I played those for as long as they were in standard. Like tap out blue became yeah. a term then. That's like a, yeah. So it's like 2006. You have, then, and once my second kid was born, it becomes like <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I did anything worthwhile for about the next three years. Um, just Clark baby pictures and yeah, like Bella just, baby pictures and that. No, no. When Bella was only was when it was only Bella, I was yeah. still I. I was still capable of testing an enormous amount of magic. Right. Especially, like, the people just come over and play test while I was, like, nominally babysitting. Well, when I had two, it was, like, not possible yeah. for a while. Like, right. like, I certainly played in tournaments. I just don't recall ever doing very sure. well. Um, Where, where's Splinter Twin in that? No, that's not for a while. Okay. 2009 is Naya Lightsaber. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. 2009, 2000, uh, yeah, 2009 Naya Lightsaber, and then Mono Cascade, 2009, 2010. Uh, I won regionals in 2010. When you say you're, you did with Jerry's deck, when I played Grixis Control. Right, oh yeah. Yeah, Grixis Control. And then uh, I played 
Pyromancer Ascension. I played like all blue red decks which, for a wait, while. Wait, Jerry's deck, which deck was that? Was the Vengevine deck? Yeah. Um, and I played blue red decks for the next two years, different kinds though. So I played Pyromancer Ascension, weird Pyromancer Ascensions. I was always making a different weird Pyromancer Ascension deck, but I played one at Nationals. Uh, played all right at Nationals that year. Then I played the Splinter's Twin deck in 2011. 2011, and then what did I, I don't remember what I did for the next seven years. <laughs> Something probably. Uh, and then I played. I played uh, 2015, I think, is one. I, I must have done something for the next four years. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. It's all blending together after Splinter Twin. 2015, I won a PTQ with uh, the Dragons deck, which was a great deck. It was yeah. super cool. I mean, you've just been idle on since then. And then, yeah, and then you've literally just been idle on since. At that Pro Tour, I played Idle on the Great Revel. I, was, I, I like to say, it's not true, right? It's not, it's not strictly true as my matchups would have changed, but I was one out of the line of the Great, uh, great Revel trigger out of top eight, right? Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's, uh, I mean, so I, I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm doing penance for that missed trigger um, for the last three years or four years. I'm going to build, I'm going to build my magic timeline. I'm actually going to build the, the graphic. Oh, no, I mean, I can go back and actually do the yeah. research. Because I yeah. usually, I, one of the things I like to do is look at my Planeswalker Points site. Yeah. Uh, and then just, I, rem I have, like, a pretty good memory of, like, every event yeah, that yeah. I played in. If, yeah. it was just, I just have to look. Once you see it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't you remember who you lost to? Oh, God, yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> I still remember summer of 2000, summer of 2000, what was that idiot's name with the fake, the fake, uh, uh, I the, the 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 fake contact lenses and he swamp walked me and, oh. and Jeff Wu saw it and say anything. That was my tournament. But I like to say I would have never been friends with Rabbits and Paul if I had won that tournament. Yeah, I'm trying to remember his name. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Fucking but fuck. He, he, swamp walked me. He hit, or no, blocks I blocked my swamp. He blocked walker. your swamp walk. Gosh. You had a catarin enforcer. Which has swamp which walk. Which had swamp walk and Attacking he hit his, for lethal. He hit his swamp under an island and yeah. blocked. <laughs> And Which all, is, I shouldn't laugh at it. It's not funny. Well, like he three cheated, of my friends saw. But he, but yeah. And they were like, "Oh, I don't want to say anything." Why? <laughs> it was it. It was for lethal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So and then, so I didn't win that tournament. I mean, literally the entire top eight was like one. Mono was that constructed? Yeah. So Chad Ellis won with mono blue. There was that guy who was obviously playing a black deck of some kind, blue black ribbon snake deck. Yeah, yeah. And six rebel decks, which I would have slaughtered. <laughs> like I had main deck, uh, what is it, rebel informer, mercenary informer, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, and then mass. I had like four massacre main deck. Oh. That's like Wrath of God for free if your opponent has a planes. If your opponent in play. has a rebel. <laughs> no, if there's a planes in play. Yeah, I know. Right, like, and and I had like all like the zero and one casting cost removal. You could literally kill every creature in the mono blue deck. Yeah. But kill them with anything. Yeah. Now I'm getting angry. Sorry. Uh, but then I made like four PTQ top eights that summer so playing. Counter Enforcer has to be in your timeline. Well, it's not gonna be because I'm gonna hang myself <laughs> when I get home. So yeah, of course I remember every single loss okay. like that. I remember every time like I'd just be doing well in a tournament that I would lose to some random little kid in like the seventh round playing fairies. Like they just played <laughs> certain black blue dual land. I'd be like, I was having such a good day. I got to get moving though soon. I gotta. Uh, I'm gonna meet up with Landy Ho. Landyl D. And we're gonna go see Alita Battle Angel. He's already seen that. He saw it the I, night it came I out. I understand. He is taking me on a date to see it because he loves it so much and he wants me to see it. Really? Yes. So I we were hanging hanging out that night. We were at uh, F and M, which I won, playing Drakes. 
And uh, he's like, I'm gonna go see a little battle angel and come. And then uh, I went home. And then like whatevs, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna like, why did I come home? And I was like, oh, Catherine, you mind? I'm gonna go with Lan. Then like, but he was going at like 10:30. Oh, it was way too. I can't like even get back to where he was yeah, in yeah. time because I'd already gone home. Yeah. I was like, why did he even go home? Didn't make right. any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So he went. And I, you tell me if you love it. I guess. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. He, I mean, he's really, he really enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Well, it's got the guy from Inglorious Bastards in it. Yeah, and it also is you know directed by. Like Robert Rodriguez, who's made some really great movies. I didn't know that. Written by James Cameron. It's. Are you kidding? No, it's got a, it's got a great pedigree, right? Like that's what I said. I posted about it before, and I'm like, the commercials for it looked terrible. I thought, right? I thought the commercials looked really but the, bad. The CGI Alita looks so dumb to me. Right. The, the uncanny valley thing yeah, is a little. Yeah, it looks dumb. So I was like, it's really weird to me. Like if you told me that someone who made like all of these movies, and that someone who made all of these movies, and that these people were in it, like. Marshala Ali's in the movie. Like, like there's all these good actors in it. Uh, it's like it should be. It should have been a, like a big deal movie, and and it just kind of had like an okay release, I think. Should we do something special? Like, should I like post my deck list to people who listen to this podcast somewhere before Saturday? Sure. I don't know how to do that. Like, well, you write it up and then you send it. No, to... but we don't have like a like, we don't have like a Discord. Oh. For like a secret I, Discord. Dis- I have Discord now, so we I can make use like a Discord. secret I mean, Discord. I have Discord now. I put Discord on my phone. Like, oh, I have Discord on my phone, but I u- use it to hunt Pokemon. Gonna, oh, okay. Well, not really. I don't really play Pokemon. We could. Anymore. We could. We should form. Right, we should like, form if, a Discord. If people are interested in the Top Eight Magic Discord, we could do that. We could argue. Just argue about burgers. It's fine. All right. Here's you don't thing. actually have to talk about right, anything else. The in it. Actual action item. We're going to put up a thing when this podcast comes out. This is what happens. When this podcast comes out, the first person to post to me and Brian on Twitter about wanting to have a Discord, you are the captain of the Discord, okay? <laughs> you are now the captain. Oh, no. If it's Gavin, Gavin, you're the captain. Gavin <laughs> likes to start shit and not finish it, like Flores Rewards. I don't think it's Gavin anymore. I don't think Gavin's allowed to anymore. Gavin owes, Gavin owes his very soul. He owes his he owes his magic career and he owes his love of Doctor Who. <laughs> Are you you know he never heard of Doctor Who before? I, I send him to blink. That oh, was wow. me. Oh, okay. Wow. Gavin Verhey. He said some very nice things Are, when I retired. He, he wrote a very nice thread on Twitter. Well, great, Gavin Verhey. I'm not saying you have to be the captain. Even, Someone can be I don't the captain. I break this to you. I don't even think he listens anymore. Gavin listens <laughs> to Such a Croc. He was the first he, person to like the Such a Croc Instagram. I don't think okay. he listens anymore. Okay. I mean, Gavin, you could prove me wrong, but... Volterra, Baya, Plubby, Willie, whoever it is... I got my money on Plubby. One of y'all is the captain. Plubby's getting the Discord. Somebody post it to me and Brian on Twitter. We will then promote it. If there's a hundred retweets in the first three days... There's not going to be a hundred retweets. Then there's not going to be a Discord. A hundred is not a tall bar. Sure. A hundred retweets. hundred retweets. Uh, retweets is a... That's a... That's a oh, no, no, no. I don't want no fucking likes. Are you getting... Oh, a retweets like. There's a, a little lot. heart next to it. Retweets are a high bar. Retweets. If there's a hundred retweets, right. we'll make a disc... And we'll do something cool with it. Something cool with it. Like, post deck lists before tournaments. Or, like, talk about Magic the Gather, which we clearly didn't do in this podcast. We yeah. kind of did. We talked about Magic Timeline. But you have a constructed timeline other than Love and Threshold. My, I can put my cookie recipes there. Before they go up on Fetchland. Wow. Uh, The last one went up in 2015. No, I put up one recently. 
On Fetchland? Yeah, there's a fit. Yeah, my chocolate, my my molten pinnacle cookies. You posted on Fetchland? Yeah. When? I posted my most molten pinnacle like two months ago, three months ago. Really? Yeah. Dark I, chocolate cookies with gochujang and uh, dried I cherries. I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I keep thinking, oh, this would be a great oh, Fetchland article. Every now and then, people, I, I, I post the link to yeah. someone's like, hey, do you have a cookie recipe? And I post yeah. the link. And then they're like, you have a website? Like, it's good yes, website. Sort of. It's good, it's, good, it's good website. Sort of. Anyway, I gotta go. All right. Uh, what's your who, what's your pick to win this weekend in Philadelphia? Modern. What, what do you think is gonna win? Phoenix with Chris Pacula. Screw you, Chris Pacula. <laughs> Idol out of the Phoenix, Great Rebel will be hoisting the defeating trophy. Defeating Michael J. Flores in the finals. First of all, if that is the finals matchup, the match is gonna take all of five minutes. Chris Pacula. No defeating way. Defeating. No way. Michael, look, you're talking to the person who picked Autumn Burchett in their Mythic Championship fantasy draft. Yeah. So now I believe I'm invulnerable, and I am picking Chris Pakula with Arclight Phoenix defeating Michael J. Flores in the finals. Let me tell you something. I have long respect. No matter how much I fight with you over stupid shit, I have long respected your opinion. No longer. <laughs> that is a crazy call. The match would take like five minutes. And it would result. You don't think you could put up more of a fight than that? I think there would be a dead vegetarian <laughs> lying across the other side of the red zone being like, I took how much damage from my own cantrips? That, no way. All right. No we'll way. We'll see. I mean, if you defeat Chris McCool in the finals, that'll be a complete failure on my part <laughs> yeah. for picking the outcome of that tournament. You will. Zero yeah. percent accuracy. <laughs> this has been Brian David Marshall and Michael J. Flores, Waverly Gay, Top 8 Magic. Now with Discord? <laughs>